We talk about manifestation, so I'm saying it right now. You're listening to Rihanna's future husband, John Cash, on the John Cash Show podcast. John Cash. You're listening to John Cash. Wow, wow. You're listening to John Cash. Radio show giving you all that you listening to John Cash. Entertainment's hottest news and latest music. You're listening to John Cash. Midday of the evening, the early the morning. John Cash. Midday of the evening, the early the morning. You're listening to John Cash. Let's go, New York. John Cash. Yo, welcome, welcome, welcome. It's an all new edition of the John Cash Show podcast. Um, <laughs> it's your boy, John Cash. I am extremely nervous. On my right, on your left, is uh, the lovely, incredible, incomparable star. And also in the building, back off of vacation, is finally Josh. Leg brace off and everything. Mm-hmm. Feeling good? <laughs> yes. Feeling good, feeling great. How are y'all? Um, feeling, uh, <clears throat> I feel like it's time to get some stuff off my chest. Mm-hmm. And not the way that I normally do. Mm-hmm. So um, I just want to be real with y'all. As my audience, I've been my family for like eight years. I've been doing this uh, podcast and radio, online radio stuff. And I've been walking around with a lot of trauma from uh, my childhood. So lately, since I've turned 35, which was back in February, um, I've been doing what's called shadow work. Shadow work is the practice of pretty much addressing any inner child traumas that transmute into generational healing. it's said to be that shadow work is also the most authentic path to enlightenment and exposes the parts of you that need healing from birth to the present that led to any abandonment issues, repression, attachment issues, and or any deep-rooted insecurities. Now, uh, whew, bear with me, this is real rough. A few weeks ago, I finally addressed the tension within the relationship between my mother and myself and my brother, my oldest brother and myself. I got upset. They were both in the house. I got upset and at something that my brother had said. Um, I think I was getting myself together to go get tested because I got news that my oldest niece had tested positive um, for COVID. And I was like, my mind was all over the place. Like, okay, I got to get this, you know, done. And, you know, I hop out the shower real quick. You know, you ain't thinking about like lotioning like mm-hmm. you're not going for uh you're not going yeah. for a a, a a link or yeah. anything you're going for you know you're going to go get tested mm-hmm. for covid so he says oh you need to put lotion on your feet and i'm like you always got something to fucking say out your motherfucking mouth and i like I, yeah. I, like i just little something like that mm-hmm. and um 
my mother was like, oh, don't pay attention to him. He always just goes off like that, like something Mm -hmm. to that effect. And I said, oh, yeah, whenever I say something, whenever I go off is, is, oh, that's just John. uh, That's just Jay. Uh, That's my family nickname. That's the nickname my family gives to me. I said, but it's okay for people to touch on me and nobody addresses it. Like, and that just honestly slipped out my mouth. So, um, you know, ever since I said that, I when I came back from getting tested, let me just, uh, and it came back negative, by the way. Mm-hmm. Me and my mother, my mother and I, rather, had a heart-to-heart conversation for about an hour and a half. I explained why I was, like, resentful towards her. And she explained why she acted the way that she acted and the decision that she made. Now, Mm -hmm. anybody that knows my father, you know, I'm a spitting image of him temperamentally. Um, (laughs) My father is literally Tommy from Power. He will (laughs) shoot you first and don't even ask, don't even ask questions (laughs) later. So I knew my father didn't know because we were like, I was always told, don't tell your father, don't tell your father. Yeah. Because he will go from, from, forget 60, (laughs) he'd go from zero to a million. So she said she was stuck in between a rock and a hard place. How can she address this situation with her child? I mean, granted, you know, the person never watched me again after I said what I said. But or without supervision. Mm-hmm. But she was like, if I told your father, he would have killed so and so, you know. Um, you know, so when she brought that side of the equation in, then I was like, Oh, okay. But I mean, like it's still, you know, it's best that you put things out on the table. Mm-hmm. And that way it could be addressed. Um, I mean, I didn't tell her, like, that I was molested by three different people mm. growing up. And I guess that's the reason why I have trust issues. And I'm very guarded. And I'm very... Um, protective. Very protective mm-hmm. of my personal life, of my... Space. You see it with my nieces. Um, very extremely protective mm-hmm. um, of my space. Mm-hmm. And it's affected me. You know, it's affected me with my work. It, it's affect, it affects me interpersonal relationships. I feel like that four-year-old kid again when I feel like I'm not being heard. Mm-hmm. You know, and it automatically takes me back to that, that, that space mm-hmm. that's not... Um, it's not good. Mm-hmm. It's not. Uh, it's not pleasant. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and <clears throat> I just. How did you feel after you finally had that conversation? I feel like our relationship has gotten a hundred times better. Mm-hmm. Um, and both both my brother and my mother. Um, I actually was supposed to go out for drinks with my brother, but we just never linked up yet. But mm-hmm. now I'm actually open to, to it. Yeah. Before it was like, you know, 
yeah, you're my brother, but, you know, and the reason why I was so upset with my brother was because he was, you know, um, you know, y'all family. Um, he was in and out of jail mm-hmm. um, most of my life. And I felt like if he was there, that opportunity wouldn't have presented itself for me to be, you know, touched or played with by three different uh, people. Mm-hmm. Uh, he would have been there to protect you. Yeah, he would have yeah. been the one to watch me. He would have yeah. been the one to be the babysitter or, he, yeah. you know, he would have been more... Uh, present so I was always like kind of resentful mm-hmm. for him of him when he would say I'm trying to be your brother I'm trying to be your brother and every time he said that that kind of like yeah like where the fuck was you at then yeah, yeah. kind of like like mm-hmm. like stung mm-hmm. um like now you want to be a brother like you know where were you when I was four mm-hmm. and you know so and so touched me and uh, where were you when I was seven to eight and so and so you know did what they did and yeah so whew, uh <laughs> it's heavy i guess yeah this is real heavy this yeah. is not um but it's not your standard episode of the john cash show it's a necessary episode though because even when we talk about like sexual assault i think it's what we know is usually centered around women and um i think it's important to hear especially from a black man that like it happens it happens to you guys too and it it manifests differently mm-hmm. and so and not often do we get to hear you know the childhood traumas because it's always so suppressed and black men especially are usually kind of like um hesitant to release those emotions or show those emotions so i think this is important because you know, it's almost like when Terry Crews came out and said what he said, and it's like everybody was kind of like looking at him, like, "Well, how could that happen?" But it's like it does happen. It does mm-hmm. happen, and it does play a role in your adulthood, and it does play a role in how you function through life. So I'm, I'm happy that you are sharing this with you've shared it with me, and I'm happy that you've found the strength to now share it with others because it's gonna change people's lives. Uh, I hope so. Cause, it will. Um, I just want to say like thank you. Thank you. <laughs> like, because we're, like, we're friends, like, yeah. outside of the show. So I want to thank you and actually also uh, Donovan mm-hmm. because I was actually on the phone with him. And for the first time in 30 years, I even uttered mm-hmm. that, you know, I would always allude to it with certain, with other people and stuff, like with, um, you know, former close friends. Mm-hmm. Um like even Kelly. Kelly is probably the only one that I would tell, like I actually so, said the mm-hmm. the word. But for me to even say I was molested, mm-hmm. you know, at four. Mm-hmm. And even Donovan, who was very accepting, and that, that led me to, I guess, subconsciously feel like I had to say it. Mm-hmm. And like I just said it. Mm-hmm. It kind of like slipped out, but mm-hmm. it I guess it was needed for it to be said Mm -hmm. because i'm walking around like a fucking ticking time bomb (laughs) like you know i'm i'm not gonna say like uh 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 my disposition has gotten a million times better but Mm -hmm. i'm not i I notice i'm not as irritated as i normally would be yeah I mean, I am irritated when somebody stands behind me yeah. and we're in the middle of a pandemic yeah. and we're at Walgreens. I'm like, bitch, six feet. But I'm not irritated. Like, 
the bus could be I, I swear to God, I was on the bus like two weeks ago and we were stuck in traffic for about 15, 20 minutes and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. And I was just like, <laughs> I was listening to my music, texting who I was uh, texting. Um, Your life isn't as tense. Yeah, but yeah. before I probably went, what the fuck? Like, move mm-hmm. this fucking bus or move the fuck out the way. I'll drive mm-hmm. this motherfucker. Like, you know, I'll mm-hmm. be like that. Now I'm just like, mm, okay. Mm. Certain people would comment on my Facebook posts or social media posts or react and I'd be like, oh, what the fuck they think? They, they think I'm funny and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. They playing me, they've playing me like I'm stupid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I'm just like, oh, okay, whatever. Yeah. I think um part of the shadow work is when you like living and standing your truth. And once you do that, like I think you are able to kind of perceive life differently because it's not you're not like hiding from anything anymore. So like what people are dishing at you, it's like, okay, well, that's fine. Like I know my truth at the end of the day. Like I know who I am. I'm I'm standing solid in who I am. So like all these uh, you know, side blocks mean nothing cuz now you know how to I guess step step over all your obstacles, like mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, and it's you know. It's like um you know, uh, it's become your strong point now versus your weakness. Yeah, and it's yeah. something that like, you know, I I I take the power from right. that that source and I convert it to yeah. the energy, you know, for exactly. me. Exactly. And uh, since Josh is sitting over there, because you know it takes him a million years <laughs> to get back over to the other <laughs> side of the studio. <laughs> I said I wasn't going to crack any jokes, but that's just me. I'm a clown. Uh, Josh... Oh. Now that explains why I'm so fucking crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh, that's why. <laughs> nah, I mean, in a weird, this is going to sound a little bit strange, but like I kind of, I, I've always feel like I have a good intuition about people. Mm-hmm. And like, granted, like I didn't know that that is what was going on with you, but I've always had a, for, I really don't know how long I've had this like sort of thing, but like I always see people and granted I've never seen you like for real act out, act out, but like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but like whenever I see people act out, like I always think instead of like, you know, being like, oh, that's just a crazy person or oh, that, you know, I'm just like, you know, I always try to be kind to people, even in when people are acting out or going or like are mm-hmm. having a moment because like you just don't know what sort of trauma they might potentially have or what they're potentially healing from. What's the force behind that? Yeah. And mm-hmm. I just think, you know, first of all, I just want to applaud you just mm-hmm. for I mean, like, you know, it, you know, full disclosure, like John kind of told me some of this before the show started mm-hmm. and. You know, I, I felt, you know, like, A, I felt, like, honored that, you know, that you felt comfortable enough to tell me that, you know. Um, and Thank you. I really did. And I really felt, you know, the, the amount of, you know, I, I've never, you know, I always tell people I've lived a very charmed life, you know. Mm-hmm. I really don't have any real serious trauma that I've gone through um, at the age of 35, like knock on wood, like it really, except for entrepreneurship. Yeah. Except for, (laughs) like honestly, (laughs) the hardest, the hardest thing has been trying to run is trying to run a business, you know, Mm -hmm. and that has its own, you know, sort of uh, things that go along with that. But, you know, I think a lot of people don't realize um, just how many men, especially black men are walking around with trauma you know and especially and especially even more specifically with trauma of abuse from when they were kids and 
you know, I think that's something that we really need to give black men the space in order mm-hmm. to do because it's like, you know, you I, I can only imagine because it's like, you know, we always expect black men to be tough. You know, mm-hmm. the, we don't give them the space to to have the emotions to that, be vulnerable, to be, vulnerable mm-hmm. to be a whole complete human being, exactly. to be to be heard and to have the freedom to speak. So the fact that you were able to do that is a huge breakthrough for you. And don't get me wrong. Like I know that's, you know, that, that, that weight is not going to be completely lifted, right. but at least, at least there's some sort of breakthrough here. And I, I really applaud you and I hope it, uh, it continues to get, but I, I do have one question for you though. Cause like, I think this is something worth highlighting. Mm-hmm. Um, or at least just asking is like, did your mom have any, I, I can't imagine your brother had any clue that you were harboring those type of feelings, but did your mom, have any sort of idea that you had felt that way for a long, long time and maybe just were never saying it? Um, Actually, if you piggyback off of that too. No, because I'm somebody that's, I have been through so much trauma that I've developed such a, a game phase. Mm-hmm. Like, um, mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, I don't, immediately I'm a type of person you can meet me and you think that you you've known me all my life and I give you the very minimal basic kind of information <laughs> like, 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 like I'm just being honest mm-hmm. because I when you, you've been um, when your trust has been betrayed from the age of four from like the age of seven and, the t- and ten and you know like you kind of develop that defense mechanism mm. and it could be uh it, it it could impact you negatively and it could impact you positively because when you um let's say we're at a negotiation table and i have that poker face you can't tell if i'm upset at uh offer you can't tell i'm, I'm upset at a proposal i'll just be like hmm even though inside I'm like, what the fuck? Like, you know, mm-hmm. um, and I, I guess I've taken that on and I have put it in all facets of my life, dating, uh, family, personal. I think the only person before this whole time period that could actually get me out of like my comfort zone and be vulnerable is my youngest niece. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, our interactions are so pure. Like, she would just climb up on the bed. I'll be watching TV, and she'll look, Uncle Jay, I love you. And Mm -hmm. I could be having such a rough day. But the fact that she felt the need Mm -hmm. to say, I love you, and I didn't give her a toy. I didn't give her candy. I didn't do anything. It was was, was just she felt the need to express that to me. So, I mean, even with some of my friends, you know, I once we've been friends a, a long enough time and I could kind of like um, see where you're at, which, which position you played, then I'll be a little bit more open. But other than that, like I have such a game face. And like I said, I've been through so much trauma. Like at the age of four, I was by myself. In the house, my grandmother had a massive heart attack and died right in front of me. Mm. Okay. Uh, my brother, in and out of jail. I couldn't even hardly sleep some nights. 
He was on drugs, knocking, uh, kicked the windows, um, and stole all my shit. At one point, he stole all of my PlayStation 2 games. The only games that he did not steal were the ones with the Yankees on the cover because he knew that I would immediately recognize if my games were missing, mm-hmm. if that game was missing. I'd be like, oh, where the hell is my all-star baseball? Like, And then I start raising hell, you know? Um, uh, you know, and then not only that, we've all experienced trauma with I just historical just events. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 9-11, the, the recession, now COVID. Um, uh, you know, uh, Donald Trump's whole presidency. Uh, like, <laughs> you know, it was like trauma after trauma. Yeah, it was like trauma after trauma. You don't realize it, but when you wake up, and I guess like we're in the media, when you wake up, it's like, oh, Jesus, what, does, what did he say today? What did mm-hmm. he say overnight? You don't have that feeling when you wake up now. Mm-hmm. You ever notice that? Oh, you yeah. don't have that feeling now like, mm-hmm. oh, God, impending doom. Mm-hmm. Like any minute now, the freaking like, uh, atomic bomb could be like dropped on us by mm-hmm. a, a foreign country. Mm-hmm. Like, yes. What I was going to say, too, wait, uh, in regards to parents, like when you're... What I've learned, like now as an adult, we don't recognize the traumas our parents are going through, right? So oftentimes they don't even, they're not able to pick up that there's something wrong with their child because either they're within the trauma of what's going on with their child. So it's hard for them to recognize like, oh, my child is also hurting. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Or... They're so caught up in just trying to move forward that they miss the details. Mm-hmm. And so that's what often happens. And it's like, like you said, like you end up having a poker face from a young age because now you're figuring out how to navigate, but there is a disconnection between you and the parent, even at a young age. Mm-hmm. And so like, if they're also going through whatever they're going through, you're going through whatever you're going through. You're spiraling now because you're also dealing with more trauma and more trauma. You're going through school and you're going through all these different things. Mm-hmm. You're becoming your own individual that your parent cannot recognize. Mm-hmm. And that's what I learned. So, like, I know it's a lot of conversations me and my mother need to have. You know what I'm saying? But what I did, what I know now for a fact is like, she doesn't know me and that's just the truth. Like, so sometimes people can be your parents. Yeah. But they don't know you. Mm -hmm. And because they don't know you, they're not even putting the pieces together to say like, and you could have been going through that trauma together, but they're not recognizing like you, the way you received that trauma. They only know how they received it Mm -hmm. and the things they had to do to either try to a, get you out the situation, Mm -hmm. get themselves out the situation Mm -hmm. or, you know, just move forward and act like it never happened because they don't also don't want to relive it. So that's, that's, I think that's something else that like possibly you can relate to in that sense Mm -hmm. where it's like, that's kind of probably how it played out where now at your big age, you got to now revisit like, no, let's actually put this on the table. Let's talk about what happened that night where we both experienced this, not just you, Mm-hmm. I know I was four, but you weren't the only one to experience this. I experienced this in my own way as well. Mm-hmm. So. And I, I think, it's, uh, you know, I hate to say it like this, but I think with most black families, mm-hmm. they like to sweep shit under the rug, have superficial yep. relationships. Like all hell could be breaking loose behind closed doors. What's the f- one that's one of, what's one of the first things that your mom always tell you before you go someplace else? Don't, don't tell nobody what's going on inside, what's going the house, on inside yes. this house and and as far as they're concerned as long as you're fed roof over your head clothes nothing else matters yeah. so <laughs> literally that's, that's one of the first things that 
you know, more than likely a black mother will tell you. Don't let nobody know what's going on in this house. Don't tell nobody what's going on in this house. You know, and, and if you do, you voice, get labeled a snitch mm-hmm. or a tattletale or you talk too much. And your voice get this this diminished from there. Just that mm-hmm. starting point. We don't realize like we're already telling our children not to have a voice. Mm-hmm. And that's passed down too. It is. If people mm-hmm. don't realize it's like, you know, as much as we try to be like, you know, we want to sort of break the cycle of, you know, what our parents did of, of mm-hmm. certain things and whatnot. There are things that you don't know that you are passing down mm-hmm. that you learned, whether you realize you learned mm-hmm. them or not. You're like, oh, because one of the things I realized, because um, I was I was telling John before, like, you know, I got a chance to hear uh, from some previous podcasts that I recorded uh, mm-hmm. specifically around this topic, which was eye opening for me, mm-hmm. um, was that there's so many people who, um, you know, the, the, the guys that I was listening to on that podcast, they were telling me, you know, they're both of them explained, they had both been through, you know, a similar situation as John. And like, they said that when they finally talked to their parents about it or whoever was in their household mm-hmm. about it, um, that, they the reason why they reacted the way they did is because when they were growing up they didn't what's it called they had they actually had the same exact thing happen yeah. to them oh yeah and then and what's it called so they what's it called they figured i turned out okay mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. almost gave me chills because that's well, yeah. exactly my situation mm-hmm. <laughs> that's like, almost verbatim my situation like mm-hmm. when i finally spoke to my mom about certain things in her mind it was just kind of like it, it's almost dismissive because it's like, well, you don't think I was depressed too? Did you not know I was going through this? Did, and it's like, did you not hear what I just said? But though? you didn't take the time to, <laughs> to address least, it. Yeah. Like, you, so, you like, maybe we could have healed through this together, but you're so busy healing or what you think you're healing. And so you don't even, you don't even have the space to extend that grace to me because like you said well i made it through or you think you made it through you know you're you're probably in a space where you're more successful than you were Mm -hmm. but so it's like well i made it through like you said so it's like um it's almost like we'll figure it out (laughs) and and what people don't understand it's not easy it's not easy Mm -hmm. to 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 tell somebody that you're being victimized. Mm-hmm. Okay. I went to a fucking child psychologist from the age of four to 13. Okay. Never not once mentioned it to him. Mm-hmm. And I sat in that man's face for every week playing chess, mm-hmm. checkers, all types of ga- like games. So, Jay, how are you feeling? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, you school. Tell them what, you, what they want to hear. Yeah, I tell you what mm-hmm. you want to hear. Mm-hmm. I've, I was victimized to the point where. I have been so conditioned to tell you what you want to hear. Yeah. That I'm not yep. even getting the healing. Any healing. <laughs> yeah. Honestly. Exactly. Yep. So it's like, you know, okay, this is what this doctor wants to hear. Yeah. And, and it's natural too. Mm-hmm. Like it's a natural, def- like you create a defense mechanism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it's like, I told my mother about this situation and like nothing happened. If so what the, fuck am I, what the fuck am I going to yeah, tell? Yeah. If she what going to tell him for? Mm-hmm. So, what, so yeah. you can look at me stupid. Yeah. If she dismissed <laughs> it, it's like, what, what do I expect kind of outcome from you? Like, how are you going to help if my own mother dismissed? And I, and I, you know, to be fair to her, I'm not going to say she dismissed it. Mm-hmm. She operated under the, best possible right. way that she knew how to mm-hmm. operate without getting my father involved because like I said my father 
is like Tommy from mm-hmm. Power. And if y'all ain't watch Power, then you won't get the mm-hmm. reference. But Tommy is the hothead. Tommy is somebody that will shoot you first and mm-hmm. ask questions later. This, my, you know. But folk. that was something else that you wanted to touch on. We, especially black women in the community, we also have this condition of wanting to protect subconsciously the the people that are hurting us. Like... You know, when we get into a fight, well, I don't want to call the cops on Day Day for beating my ass because I know he's going to end up in jail. I know the cops might kill him. I know if I tell my uncle that this person's hurting me, my uncle's going to kill blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I'm hoping we get to a point where we break out of that. And it's like off at your head, like, because it's the people that are hurting us and our kids that are not getting what their their justice is. And because we're too busy trying to protect them subconsciously and it's no one's fault, but it's just that's how we were also raised. Like to keep quiet, to protect the 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 uncles, so rapists in this. in our families. You know what I'm saying? It's not it's not unique to just one family. Like this is a lot of families that do that. And it's mm-hmm. usually the women that are trying to protect these I think she was more so trying to avoid me not growing up without a father. I think that's what yeah. she was more concerned about. Because yeah, it's father, a double-edged sword. It's yeah. like, you know, your dad will be the one end up now in jail. And, yeah, and then and it's like, you know, you have a more of a messy situation. Because exactly. It's tragedy on gone. tragedy. Yeah, it's yeah, tragedy yeah. on tragedy. Because my father is like the the best father. And that's part of the reason mm-hmm. why I'm intimidated to even have kids. Mm-hmm. I don't think that I could be half the father that he was. Like mm-hmm. he drove me to and from school, from Montessori all the way to junior year high school. And the only reason why he didn't drive me during senior year is because me and him had an argument like two days before senior year. <laughs> and I said, well, I'm grown and I could take the train. <laughs> you know, that's the only reason why. And truth be told, if he was still alive today, he would drive my ass to and from the Bronx every day mm-hmm. to work. If I had to, if if we were uh, working in the office, mm-hmm. that that's wrestling every two three months when WWF was at the Garden or Nassau Coliseum or um, we didn't go to the Meadowlands, but uh, Nassau Coliseum or the Garden, he was there, mm-hmm. and so was my mother. But I have more of a rapport with my father. Mm-hmm. Because my father literally showed up. He was there mm-hmm. every day. Uh, my mother went to um, my mother went to uh, to work. Uh, she used to work for Verizon. She would leave the house about seven o'clock in the morning to get to work for eight. My father, you know, he was in the streets, mm-hmm. so he was there. He came back home in time and you know got me together for school. Took me to school. Did his running around. Made sure he picked me up mm-hmm. every day. Take me to McDonald's every day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cheeseburger, a uh, Happy Meal every day. Mm-hmm. A, a four-piece chicken McNugget mm-hmm. every day with a Sprite. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. So, like, I could understand her point of view. Yeah. I could yeah. understand how she felt. And yeah. she, you know, is it worth it? Yeah. Jay losing his father mm-hmm. for this person mm-hmm. when we could just immediately we could just easily remove him from the equation no because i have a close friend she actually went through um a similar situation and there's like an uncle in their family that you know whatever and her dad actually was um incarcerated for some time um but i think right now he just lives uh in their home country but she never they never told him because 
same thing. He'll have that same type of response. But it's like, again, you know, but this uncle still lingering in the family. You know what I mean? But it's like they just refuse to tell certain people that they know. If I tell him, he's going to go back to jail, you know, for putting harm to this uncle. And it's just unfortunate because it just it's just like. It's a catch-22. It is. Damn if yeah. you do, damn yeah, if you Yeah, it really is. It really is. And, I mean, I just hope as the generations go on that we do kind of come to a space where, I don't know, as a, as a, as a unit we can agree that this person in the family has to go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they just have to go. However they got to go, they just got to go. Well, you know, and what, you know, I should say, well, I'm not going to say. I'm kind of thankful that the situation played out for what it is because it's given me an opportunity to sit before you guys today mm-hmm. and share this story to be transparent, to be vulnerable. And maybe there's a pers- somebody that's going to listen to this it and they get the is. courage enough to fix whatever broken relationship they have, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> fucking sucks. I had to go through it, but, <laughs> but, but, but there's a reason why there's a reason why maybe you know, a few years down the road, when I put this in a book, uh, more details and stuff like that, somebody might be, uh, uh, you know, motivated by that to get themselves out of a, a, a peculiar situation. So we're motivated now. We're yeah. motivated now <laughs> because you know it takes strength even just saying what you're saying right now. It takes strength just to even express it. You know, I yeah, my palms were sweaty. I, I personally the first understand. Few you already know, so like yeah. it takes strength. It definitely does. So you know, I'm honored. Thank yeah. you. Thank yeah. you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, between you and Donovan and 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 Star, um, the I'd, other Star. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd yeah. hug you too, but black men don't show emotions. Like ah! <laughs> you can come <laughs> hug me, Josh. Air hug. <laughs> no, don't worry, don't worry. No, but uh, this was important. This was mm. an important discussion. Whew. I'm glad we opened with this. Yes. Get that weight off. Yes. So. Yeah. Yes. This it's is only up the, from here. This is the Anyala Fix John Cash's life <laughs> <laughs> taping. <Jesus. laughs> Speak it to the hole. Uh, <laughs> anyway, whew, I feel like she's about to come in here any minute now. <laughs> Not on my watch. Anyway. Uh, yes. You can see I'm a clown. <laughs> I'm a real life clown. Like even in like tragedy, you know, like I try to find like the silver lining. I'm yeah. So, story. so like um, you know, my final thought is I always normally say stay away from negative people because more than likely they have negative bank accounts. But I'm gonna just say, um, you know. Thank you. Thank you for listening uh, to this episode. Thank you for giving me the space mm-hmm. to be vulnerable, to be uh, as transparent as I possibly can be right now. Um, yeah, I just want to say thank you. I just I uh, I posted this on Facebook several weeks ago, and like the responses like boggled my mind Mm -hmm. people were in my inbox like you you're so strong you're so courageous and i'm like 
what? Like, mm-hmm. you know, I felt uplifted. Know, yeah. Um, I felt so uplifted. I actually uh, printed out an application to be a superhero in the next Marvel film. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, like, thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, you know, and I hope and I pray that whatever uh, inner child traumas that you may, uh, may have been um, exposed to that you take that step and you heal and you work on trying to be the best person that you possibly can because it's a day-to-day process and, you know, nobody gives you a manual on how Mm -hmm. to deal with life. So you just deal with whatever the lemons that uh, the universe gives to you and Mm -hmm. you try to make lemonade out of it. That's my final thought. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's it. My final thought is thank you because no matter how small or large you have, you have created the safe space. So now people will be able to come to you and they feel that safe space. So at the end of the day, thank you for expressing that. Thank you for creating that safe space. And this is the John Cash show. <laughs> Josh. <laughs> um, since you don't want to hug me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my final thought is just, um, you know, this is going to sound real generic, but be kind to children and communicate with them. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't take long for for a defense mechanism to set in. Mm-hmm. If you know or think you know that a child has been through something traumatic, um, you know, try to address it as quickly as possible because it's something that people you know, walk around with for their entire lives. And to be honest with you, it's a, you know, it's a fucking miracle, you know, when people turn out as well adjusted Mm -hmm. as you have, you know, because there's a lot of people that don't. Mm -hmm. If we're just keeping it a stack, there's a lot of people Mm -hmm. that don't. And uh, last thing I'll say is like, um, my mom used to run a daycare center. Uh, And granted, even though I was relatively young, you know, I got a chance to know the parents of these kids. You know, I knew what was going on in their houses because, you know, kids will talk to other kids, mm-hmm. especially kid, if the kid's a little bit older. I was kind of like big bro to a lot of these kids. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, they tell you all sorts of things. And the thing that it made me realize is that, you know, it really does take a village and that it really is. There's a lot of there's a lot of things, a lot of things that go, that need to go right in order mm-hmm. for a kid to grow into, you know, uh, you know, the kind of human being you want them to be growing into. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't take much for something, you know, something to take the tiniest thing or for something to go wrong. Mm-hmm. And it can happen in a heartbeat. It can happen like that. So if you get any sort of inkling like that with a kid, just, you know, if you see something, talk to them. Because at a minimum, if they're just being heard by somebody that they can trust and they mm-hmm. can at least, you know, and someone addresses their pain and acknowledges what they've what they've gone through, that can be the key to them being able to actually heal. Mm-hmm. That's what, yeah, that's it. That was beautiful. It was beautiful. And on that note, Perfect. we'll see you speak to you guys next week on the John Cash Show podcast. Yo, listen to the John Cash.